0: Hello, Agel, how are you?
1: Hello, Catherine, how are you?
0: I'm fine, thanks, how are you?
1: I am good too, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here.
0: Yes, thanks for for the interview. How is your family?
1: My family, they're doing okay.
0: Okay, Um, where are they right now?
1: They are in Nairobi, Kenya, a neighboring country to us.
0: And you live with them there, or where do you live?
1: I live back in the country. And uh, they went there because of the outbreak of violence in our country. We have a civil war going on for the last six months.
0: And what are you doing in the country to help to make that stop? You could call it like kind of civil war.
1: I am a youth activist in the civil society. And our job is to pressure, pile a lot of pressure on the warring leaders to come together and sign a peace deal that will end the war and end it now so that we can get on with the business of nation building as soon as possible.
0: Does that also include like violence? The work you do?
1: No, it not, not necessarily. not necessarily. It doesn't have to, to, to have violence. So far, it's about political pressure. And uh, we are telling them that if you don't adjust uh, to the aspiration and the hopes of the people of South Sudan, y- you may lose your, your leadership and the next generation can come in. But it is better that you get your acts together and reunify your ranks and lead us in a good way.
0: Okay, and in the synopsis of the movie, it was said that you were a soldier again, because in the movie, it is a lot about your personal story, how you had to leave the country, how you became like a, a child soldier. And how was that for you to be a soldier again?
1: When the, the war broke out on the 15th of December, uh, 2013, it very quickly took an ethnic dimension to it. And uh, as the niece, approaching your mid-thirties, and you are a man from a certain ethnic group, you automatically became a target. uh, And therefore, you must arm yourself. You are going to be a target anyway, whether you arm yourself or not, you are going to be targeted. And as a man, it is better you get armed so that you can protect yourself. So uh, I armed myself with everybody else in December. But in January, as soon as uh, relative stability came back, I, I, I laid down my arms and I went back to my civil duties of uh, political activism and trying to serve the community by organizing the communities at the grassroots
0: and but in that time did you have to use your weapon
1: Uh, yes it was a big war Uh, you may have seen it in the media Uh, in the first few weeks one or two weeks uh, it was really very very intense a lot of atrocities were committed Uh, a lot of violence were committed amongst ourselves and uh, yes I had to use my weapon many times in those few weeks
0: and how, how did that feel to use that again? Because you, in the movie, it said like you were, I think, eight or nine years old.
1: First war was was better. I preferred the first war, even though I was dragged into it way too early for anybody as a as a child soldier. I felt that there were some objectives uh, that 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 uh, required me to use vi- violence at that time, and that was my freedom to be an independent person, to determine my future, to to. To be a, a dignified citizen in my own country, so that was okay. But this second war, it was just not. It was not. Uh, it was just self-defense. I picked up arms really just to defend myself. But and that's why, as soon as I realized that my life was not in danger anymore, a month later, I laid down my arms because I don't see any objective to pick up arms again. I think the next war should be the war of nation building, uh, the the war of establishing ourselves with the with the rest of the nation, uh, the war of education. Uh, good governance, uh, good economic policies, and all this. This is what this is the next one I'm I'm ready and willing to get involved in.
0: There's another quote for you saying like religion is for individuals, country for us all. Are you also religious?
1: Uh, y- personally, yes. You can you can say I'm religious. I'm a Christian, uh, and I was referring to that uh, old Sudan before we became two Sudans uh, in 2011 and uh, mixing religion with the state was one of the issues that complicated the unity of Sudan and forced us to be two separate countries. So when we say you don't mix religion with the state, is that uh, you don't use the Bible or the Quran or any other holy book to govern the country. You need to use constitution, a modern constitution that is accommodating of all religion and all ethnic groups and all different interests in a country. That's why countries in the West have succeeded Uh, and there were some attempts in Sudan to use one of these religious books to run the country. This is one of the reasons we fought for in the first war, we became independent. So we were saying that if you want to become a Muslim, good for you. If you want to become a Christian, good for you. Move from your house to the church or to the mosque and go back home. But the state has to be accommodating of everybody. Anybody should become president if he wants. Everybody must see themselves in the constitution in the mirror. And if everybody doesn't see themselves in the mirror, they will try to break that mirror. And that's what happened in Sudan. We broke that mirror because we didn't see ourselves there as the Christian South uh, Sudanese, African South Sudanese. We didn't see ourselves in the mirror of what was Sudan. So we broke into pieces and we created our own mirror in South Sudan that reflects us. So we cannot go back to the old mistakes of Sudan. Uh, So we have to be free. We have to open up. We have to be democratic. We have to be accommodating of different people Who may not look like us or may not think like us uh, so that we can uh, we can work together and if you fail to do that you don't get peace anywhere in the world so everybody must feel accommodated in the country and feel like this is their nation and they can contribute and they are free to do whatever they want within the framework of the constitution
0: but in South Sudan, there are lots of villages, small communities, small tribes, and I think it's, it's very difficult to reach them. How do you think, can you send those messages to those places there, you know, like undeveloped? How do you think, how can that message be brought all over the place?
1: There, there is a way. Whether there's a will, there is a way. And uh, just like my story is just one person doing something in one state out of 10 states. But there are hundreds of people like me in their respective states, taking the same message to their people. So we will always find a way to do that. There are radio stations spread across the the, the, the country. Uh, the United Nations uh, mission, the international community are coming in with a lot of support.
0: How did it happen that you were doing this uh, documentary with Florian and Katarina? When did you meet first?
1: We met first on uh, June 2011. We were preparing, the country was preparing itself for its Independence Day. We had voted in January that year, 99% to be a separate state. And we were given six months transitional period to prepare ourselves for independence. Independence was to be 9th of July. So they came in there to cover this event, a formation of the youngest nation in the world. And they took an interest in the basketball team. And I was a captain of that basketball team. And we were preparing to play the Ugandan, the first ever basketball, international basketball game for the country. So they thought that was interesting and they started to follow us around and they asked me questions here and there and they began to develop interest in my personal story as a child soldier and going to Australia and coming back and all this. So they wanted to know more. So they just kept following me. So my friends were asking, why are these Germans following you around? What what, what are are they up to? And I told them, I don't know. They they just want to know some stories. So they kept asking from here and there and uh, they made a collection. But to be honest, I didn't even know what they wanted to do. Uh, how it came about, I was just uh, surprised when I saw when when I, they called me here and they said there's a documentary and I looked at it one and a half hours, you know, and everything they've put everything together and looks all, all good, you know. You wouldn't tell when they were doing it because some of the time they were very tricky in taking the the, the 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 cameras. They would say, you know, they they would tell me this is off the record. Just tell us this, but it's off the record. Uh, and then I would say it, and then everything that was off the record is the one that has been brought in the documentary. <laughs> or sometimes they will say, "Oh, this camera is switched off. Don't worry about it. It is switched off. Uh, you know, just go ahead." And they will have two cameras, and then they will switch off one, and they will switch on the other one. And then they would ask me, and then I would talk. And everything else that they took in such ways is what make up the, the whole documentary. So they also help. Such techniques also help in me becoming open with, uh, with some of the some of the issues. That what makes the documentary more powerful is that uh, it is things that you thought you were telling your close friends and the whole world will not see. And all of a sudden the whole world has to, to see. So I'll hopefully they will have the same effect.
0: And were there problems when you were traveling around with those two Germans with the cameras?
1: There was a lot of problems, yeah. It was a lot of problems, you have no idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there was a lot of problems. But they are they are very tough. They are very tough two people. They are very resilient so they, they just kept on, uh, you know, so security would confiscate their cameras. They would call me. They would say, well, what are you doing? Are you a spy? Are you CIA? Are you MI6? I'm like, no, no, no. To be honest with you, I don't know why they're following me, but I don't think it has something to do with the, <laughs> with such <side> things. <laughs> but so we had to get permissions from this office. Then, you know, it's a police state. It's a country that just came out of war. So everything is just, everybody's suspicious of everybody. And they went really to very to very remote areas. You can see in the documentary, they went to very remote areas. They slept out in the rain, they they were in the mud, the the mosquitoes ate them up. You know, you can tell you know, the difference between a black person and a white person when the mosquito bite the other one. You can see very clearly in the morning all the mugs and everything. So yeah, they really they really did a very very good job. And when I saw the documentary, now I understand why why they struggled to do to do that.
0: And what do you think is the message of that movie?
1: I think they. It's about the, the, the story of uh, how the country went through uh, a traumatic experience and how optimistic the country still is, even going through all these challenges and still want to become a nation. Uh, but this is how great nations are built. They go through adversaries. And um, I'm the, my confidence is the fact that even though we are different ethnic communities and tribes and all over the place, is that in the past we have come together for for certain purposes. The people of South Sudan, for example, the latest time we came together to fight for our freedom and is that we managed to unite behind a common purpose to gain our freedom and we succeeded even though we're different tribes. People thought that we will never wage a successful war against the government in Khartoum. But we did that for 21 years and we achieved our independence in 2011. So it is still possible again for us to identify a new common goal. That is prosperity, good governance, democracy, nation building and statehood building. We can identify new objectives. And with good leadership, we can rally behind that purpose that can make us a great nation again.
0: Thank you very much. All the best for the movie. And even more important, all the best, of course, for your country, for South Sudan. Thank you again.
1: My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you.